This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. While Darno and Ukar rest beside a waterhole, the elephant upon which they made their escape from the Torians stampedes, leaving them still far from the city of Rator, their destination. At the approach of a large mounted troop, they take to the trees. Later, they discover the troop to be a Ratorian patrol in command of Ukar's father, the Shan of Rator. Back in the city of Tor, Rutang and his son Vando, both wearing the golden collar of the lion slave, are brought to the jewel pits and chained together in the slave group with Farzan and O'Rourke. When the Irishman attempts to question him, the erstwhile chief of elephant men leaps upon him. In the palace, Atea, white queen of Tor, unexpectedly decides upon an immediate visit to her treasure vault. The key cannot be found in its accustomed place. In a towering rage, the queen orders her women into her presence to be searched. Jeanette Burton to be the first to undergo the investigation. Never before has the key to my treasure vault been lost. Nor is it lost this time, Jeanette Burton. What? What do you mean? Not one of my women would dare touch that key. They know that to do so would mean death. Death in the fires of Thor. Good. Tanya and the women. Tanya, come forward with Janet Burton. You will search her garments thoroughly. At Atea's harsh command, the mute slave Tanya motions the frightened, cowering women aside. Grasping Jeanette by the arm, she thrusts her roughly forward toward the stone bench upon which the queen has thrown herself. Leaning slightly forward... Thea watches as Tanya's yellow hand moves toward the shoulder fastening of Jeanette's gown. Atarpantu, who comes now? Wait, Tanya. See first who is at the door. Wang Tai, what brings you here this early in the day? This one comes, illustrious one, to confer with the presence on the gate. I am in no mood for conference. However, now that you are here... You will remain and assist me in my search. Your search, Majesty? May this one be permitted to inquire what it is the present seek? The key to my treasure vault. The key to... Ah, yes, the key to your Majesty's treasure vault. It has unaccountably disappeared. It has been stolen. Tanya is about to search my women. 
When she finds it on the person of Jeanette Burton. Jeanette Burton? What object would Jeanette have She is in... the only one who would dare take the key. Of course, illustrious one. And it is well that she be searched among the rest. This one will retire until such time as the all-wise one has concluded this very fitting investigation. As Wong Tai speaks, he moves backward with mock servility to pause directly between Jeanette and Tanya. His speech concluded, the wily Chinese bows deeply, obsequiously to the savage white queen. In so doing, he brushes lightly against Jeanette, who, at the momentary contact, grasps one of his hands in both of hers. Oh, Dr. Wong, can't you make this woman understand that I haven't got a key? Here, you take it. Thank heaven you came. Not ineptly is it written, my child, that the innocent man has nothing to fear. If the object in question is not found in your possession, the justice of our unapproachable one will prevail over her presence in this position. Cease your chatter, Wong Tai, and stand aside. Tanya may go on with his search. I shall return when this business is concluded, heaven-born. No, remain. You can perhaps suggest a just punishment when the guilty one is found. Your words, daughter of Tor, are like a page written in vermilion ink. Yet it appears that in the past, this incompetent brain has been unable to cope with that of your honorable self in the selection of such interesting experiments. Go on, Tanya. Search the woman carefully. In the jewel pits, Rutang, chief of elephant men, and his son, Vando, commander of the Torian jungle patrol, both wearing the golden collar of the lion slave, have been chained in the same group with Tarzan and O'Rourke. As the guards turn away, O'Rourke calls to Rutang. Without warning, the elephant man leaps upon the Irishman and bears him choking to the ground. Before the guards can move to separate the struggling men, the weird, challenging cry of the bully brings out a Tarzan dragging Kailuk, the Torian, and several others with him springs to the help of O'Rourke. Reaching quickly across the broad yellow back of the prone Rutang, the ape man clamps a bronzed iron-corded arm about the elephant man's throat above the golden collar. Eyes bulging from their sockets, gasping for breath, Rutang's head slowly comes back as the arm, like a steel trap, shuts off his wind. The great yellow hands encircling O'Rourke's neck relax. Away. Tarzan drops the gasping yellow hulk to the ground. O'Rourke, dazed, breathless, climbs unsteadily to his feet as the guard, shouting gruff commands, kick, drag the half-conscious Rutang back to his place in the slave group. All right, O'Rourke. Oh, Faith, and I'm still alive. Half oh, a minute there, <laughs> I saw the arms of my venerable forefathers reaching out for me. Ah, oh, thanks to you, my friend. Did he say anything when he had you down? Oh, devil word. He took me completely by surprise. When he came in, I saw the other fellow jump on you. What happened? Nothing. Kyluk held him off until the guards took a hand. Tarzan. Yes, Kyluk. Keep out of Lutang's way, O'Rourke. If he comes at you again, use your pick. What is it, Kyluk? A warning, Tarzan of the Apes. Not a word of our plans must reach Vando. Vando? That the son of Rutang, the man trained beside him. There was a time when Vando was favored by Atiya. Mungo replaced him, and Vando was sent to the jungle as chief of the patrol. So, that's it. Vando in command of the jungle patrol. And Wong Tai told us. Listen, Kailuk. Would Atiya condemn her chiefs to slavery, a prison, and trust to do them escaped? <laughs> has condemned chiefs and nobles to the lion pits and to the fires of Tor for a lesser offense, Tarzan of the apes. Hmm. I'm beginning to understand. And Vandor, if he heard of our plans, would betray us to Artea. 
If only to reestablish himself in her eyes. Then warn the others tonight to keep silent. Aye. Well, O'Rourke, we were right. What do you mean we were right about? Rutang. He's here because of Darno's and Uka's escape from the elephant paddock. Oh, sure, and twas a good guess he made them. The man they brought in with him was chief of the jungle patrol from which Wong Tai told us Darno and Uka also escaped. He's Rutang's son. Holy St. Patrick. It is no wonder the yellow scout tried to murder me. He blames us for their bad luck. Very likely. Don't turn your back to him. He may try again. Uh, if he does, Bigari, I'll be ready for him. I'll stab him betwixt the eyes with the business end of me pick. He'll not catch Patrick O'Rourke's boy Terrier sleep again. Meanwhile, in Artea's chamber, the quest for the missing key to the treasure vault progresses. Jeanette has been searched by Tanya and thrust aside, her place to be taken by one of the other women. Jeanette finds herself close to the bland Wong Tai. Engrossed in watching Tanya, Atea pays no attention to the two as they converse together in low, guarded tones. If you hadn't arrived when you did, Dr. Wong, heaven knows how this would have turned out. <laughs> One does not need to turn to heaven to know that, my child. But I was under the impression you were to get the key during her rest hour. Oh, the opportunity came this morning. I took it. Everything would have been all right but for her sudden wish to visit the treasure vault before resting. May the all-seeing guide the woman's footsteps into a vat of boiling sulfur. Her unexpected comings and goings are less to be relied upon than those of a smoker of the seven pipes. Now that you have the key, I suppose you'll go to the vault. You know what it means if you're caught. To the intrepid, high places exist solely to be scaled. The seemingly impossible to be accomplished. When we have no further use for the key, you will replace it. Meantime, we shall look at this treasure vault. We, Dr. Wong? You and I, my dear. But I can't go. If I were to leave these rooms, well, my absence would be reported to her within five minutes. An opportunity will present itself, perhaps tomorrow, during her rest hour. But we don't know where the cave is. I know the way, every step. Tarzan and I were taken there by Mungo. Well, I'm not going. I've done my share of the bargain in getting the key for you. Not quite, my dear. You will go with me. Or Atea might learn before I leave this room how the key vanished so strangely. And I should tell her where the key is at this moment. Which would avail you nothing, my dear, as our deaths would immediately follow your disclosure. Now, move away. Slowly. Tanya has concluded the search. Oh, the key cannot be found. It must be here. It could not vanish by itself. Tanya, go with Janet Burton and search the women's quarters. Examine carefully every one of my chambers. Take these others with you. Wong Tai, what think you of this? May this person inquire who has access to the chambers of the presence? Aside from the women and my so worthless self? Mungo and Raluk, father of the priests of Pantu, and several others. But none would dare touch the key of my treasure vault without my permission. Yet, if this one does not err, when Tarzan and I were taken there by Mungo, he opened the door with a key... Which he received from my own hands, and I was in the vault awaiting you. No, there is none who would have taken it other than Jeanette Burton. Yet it was not found on her person. That means nothing. She could have hidden it. Her fingers shall be cut from her hands one by one until she speaks. Consider, heaven-born, since my most opportune arrival today, 
I have pressingly laid the fact of this strangely missing object before the spirits of my distinguished ancestors with a request for their advice in the matter. And what do those distinguished ones advise? That the present leave the matter in the hands of this ill-considered person for the time. It is possible that with special authority from the All-Wise to move about in the palace and lower passages unhindered, this one may, through diligent search and adroit questioning, run the object to earth. And bring the thief to me? That is also possible, Majesty. Nay, it is even very probable. You have two days in which to make your investigations. You are also at liberty to go where you will in the palace and lower passages. If you are questioned by guards, from this ring is your authority to act for me. Someone demands entrance. Go, Wang Tai. See who comes. Come in, Mongo, come in. What is it? A slave bring word of plan for prisoners to escape from jewel pits. Behold, my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. pits of war, the slaves are eagerly awaiting the moment in which Tarzan will release them from their chains and lead them in revolt against Atea, White Queen of Tor, and her yellow warriors. Dono and Uka, following their escape from the Torian jungle patrol, have been picked up by a Ratorian hunting party and taken to Rator, where Uka's father, the Shan of Rator, is hastily gathering his warriors in preparation for an attack upon his ancient enemy, Atea. In the city of Tor, in Atea's palace, the queen has unexpectedly decided upon a visit to her treasure vault. The key cannot be found, and suspicion falls on Jeanette Burton. As she is about to be searched by the Queen's women, Wong Tai arrives. The wily Chinese diverts Atea's attention while Jeanette surreptitiously gives him the key which he has induced her to steal. As the search for the missing key progresses, Mungo, chief of Atea's warriors, arrives with news of a planned uprising among the slaves of the jewel pits. What say you, Mungo? A mutiny among the slaves? Runic spies say slaves talk of revolt. That is impossible. Runic say he hears slaves talk. But they are in chains. They have no weapons. How did Runic learn of this? Oh, he hear Kyle Luke. 
Gratorian talking with slave during night. So, and where is Runic? Mongo sent him back to Jewel Pit's watch. A revolt among my slaves, among men starved and broken, fit only to be fed to lions. What say you of this one time? It were better to reserve an opinion until the matter has been more closely investigated, Majesty. Then we will investigate. We will find the source of this conspiracy and remove it. Mungo, we visit the jewel pit at once. See to it. This is ridiculous. Laughable. A revolt among men who are beaten dogs. To counteract the plot, if plot there be heaven board, should not be difficult with the assistance of our worthy ancestors. But were it not better to send for the Ratorian Kailuk and question him here in private? No. We shall go to the... This Ratorian dog will tell us what he knows in sight and hearing of all the slaves. May this one inquire if the all-wise has ever had to deal with trouble of this nature heretofore? Never. During my reign, no slave has ever dared even lift his voice against me. It is unheard of. Perhaps there was a precedent during the reign of one of your illustrious ancestors. If so, the ancient writings of our priests make no mention of it. It is said in the classics that destiny has four feet, eight hands, and sixteen eyes. How then may the weak mortal with only two of each hope to escape? How? Escape? What do you mean? Merely that it is impossible, heaven-born, for one to escape his or her destiny. Destiny has nothing to do with it. If the report be true, we shall soon bring the plans of these cravens to an end and their originator. Hello, Katia. Elephant for ride to Jewel Pit ready. Come, Wang Tai. We will interrogate the Raptorian slave, Kailuk. Meanwhile, the distant city of Rotor is filled with an atmosphere of eager, feverish excitement. With the continual arrival of small and large bands of elephant-mounted armed Rotorians from flying districts, the constantly growing camp beyond the city's walls hums like a hive of angry bees. In the council chamber of the Shan's palace, the huge yellow-skinned Rotorian leader, surrounded by his chiefs, Uka and Darno, lays his plans of attack for the council. Silence, my chieftains! Silence! You, Timur, with three tiles of foot warriors, will attack the south gate. It will be a sham attack to draw the Torians from the north gate and wall, which we will take with scaling ladders. This idea of war against the Torians, who are far superior to us in numbers, Oshan, is ill advised. You, Timur, lift a dissenting voice against commands of your Shan? I, chief of Ratota, advise against risking the lives of our warriors for the sake of white strangers, Oshan. I had not thought that Timur... High Chief of Rator would raise the one negative voice among my chiefs against an attack upon our ancient enemies. It is not the attack upon our enemies, but the commands of my Shan that I dispute. What then, Timur? I question the reason for such an attack, Oshan. These white men... have twice saved the life of Uka, your Bashan, whose word of assistance has been given. In the word of a Ratorian, no, Timur, be he Bashan or simple warrior, is not lightly given and never broken. Timur need not be taught the code of honor of the Ratorian. The question is withdrawn. To continue then with our plans, have the towers of foot warriors been ordered to march, Timur? The order has not yet been given. Then give it at once. 
They must arrive before the walls of Tor on the day before the Feast of Pantu. Two days hence. And the elephant towers, my father? We ride at their head at sunset this day, my son. Go, Tamor. See that my orders are obeyed. The towers of foot warriors will march within the hour. I obey you, Sean. Ordano, Uka has informed me that you are a chief of fighting men in your country. So say vrai, monsieur le Sean. I am an officier in the Navy of France, and as such, I am at your service. Taruk, then bear this message to the chief of elephant men. All elephant towers will be prepared to move forward at the hour of sunset. Go to your men. Dono hurries from the great audience chamber toward the main staircase at the end of the corridor. At the head of the stairway, he pauses for a moment to gaze out over the city spread below him, its streets crowded with towers of marching Ratorians. About to descend to the palace court, the sound of voices speaking in English comes to him from a windowless casement in the corridor wall at his back. Puzzled, he turns to gaze into a small antechamber on the far side of which a half-open door discloses part of the room beyond. Voices come from this room. Cautiously, the Frenchman steps through the casement, silently crosses the antechamber to stop beside the narrow opening. Every word spoken by the men in the room beyond is now clear and distinct. One voice he recognizes as that of Temur. And your knowledge of the tongue of the Angles permits us to speak more freely, my Poltar. <laughs> which means there is less danger of our being overheard or understood by walls which are said to have ears. Exactly. Then you will do as I say. Hmm, I do not like it. Yet if I were to refuse... If you refuse... It is likely that our Sham will learn just how the capture of his son Uka by the Torians was made possible three months ago. Hmm. The doom of Poltar would be sealed. Had I but known then that the signal you ordered me to flash from the Tower of Antuk would result in the capture of Uka and his hunting party. The signal was for our own patrol, Poltar. How were we to know that the Torians would intercept it. Oh, indeed, Temur. Come, my friend. Be sensible. Do as I say, and the error of yours will remain forever buried in the past. Or at least until you find another duty for me to perform. Well, so be it. I am committed. Good, Polta. You are truly wise. Now, repeat my instructions. I ride to Tor without delay. Once in the presence of Atea, I will say, Temur warns that the Shan of Rator, with many towers of foot and elephant warriors, plans to attack you on the day before the Feast of Pantu. At the sound of voices, Darno turns quickly toward the casement through which he had entered, only to find escape blocked by a group of Ratorians outside on the landing near the opening. He leaps across the room toward the corridor door. It opens abruptly to admit a giant yellow warrior. Simultaneously, the door of the inner room swings open wide, and in the opening stand Poltar and Temur. Meanwhile, in the jewel pits of Tor, Atea, accompanied by Wong, Mungo, and a troop of mounted guards, glares angrily out over the heads of hundreds of silently watching pit slaves from her place in the howdah of the royal elephant. Beside her sits the suave, inscrutable Chinese Wong Tai. On the ground beside the elephant stands Mungo with Runic, the spy. Hmm. And those are the dogs who conspire against me. No, Runic. Ukola Laratore, Kailuk. At the harsh command, Runic turns, lifting his arm, points a yellow finger at Kailuk, who stands silently with folded arms beside Tarzan and O'Rourke. Loose him from the chain, Mungo, and bring him here. May this one speak, heaven-born? Wait, Mungo. 
What is it, Wong Tai? Your illustrious majesty will know that the Raptorian is companion slave to Tarzan and Oro. Well, what then? Might that fact not indicate that these two may also know something of this plot, if plot there be? We will soon know. Mungo, loose Tarzan of the Apes and the red-haired one also. Bring him here with the Rathorian. His Majesty, this one will descend from the Howdah. I should like to be near these men when they are present. Do as you like. I found the Yatea. Here are slaves. You there. How are you called? I am Kailuk of Rathor. Kailuk of Rathor. Word has been brought to me of a conspiracy amongst the slaves of the jewel pits. What do you know of it? A conspiracy, Your Majesty. Holy St. Patrick Tarzan, the cat's out of the bag. Quiet. Listen. Well, slave, speak. What do you know of it? I do not understand, Majesty. A conspiracy against whom? You understand well enough, Kailuk of Rathor. It's conspiracy among the slaves. It is said that Kailuk, the Rathorian, is the instigator. I know of no such plot, Majesty. You lie. Mungo, chain him to that stake. Call two guards with lashes. Atea knows well, Kailuk of Rathor, how to loosen the tongue of men who will not speak. It is possible, Helen Bourne, that one of those others, Tarzan or Orochme, knows something of this. Young ye filthy heathen, here at the bottom of this, if I tell order them to take the chains off me hands and face... Silence, you... Terence O'Rourke. Do you know anything of such a conspiracy? Me? Heathen? And how would I? I can't even understand the language. We waste time, Wong Tai. Mungo, is the Rathorian bound fast? Oh, he is prepared. Then let the guards use their lashes until he speaks. Faster! Oh! Faster! Oh! Oh! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Preparations for the attack upon Atea, White Queen of Tor, are being completed by the huge yellow-skinned Shan, Uka, and Dono. The Frenchman overhears Tamor and Poltar, two Ratorian chiefs, conspiring to advise Atea of the Ratorian plans. In leaving his hiding place, Dono is trapped by the conspirators. In the palace of Tor, word is brought to Atea of a planned revolt among the slaves of the jewel pits. With Wang Tai, the renegade Chinese, and Mungo, her chief of warriors, Atea hastens to the pits to investigate the rumor and to question Kailuk, the Ratorian slave reported to be the instigator of the conspiracy. When he denies all knowledge of the plot, Atea, in a furious rage, orders him whipped until he confesses. Oh! Oh! Enough, Mungo! Well, Ratori, you have tasted the lash. Speak now, or by Pantu, the guards will tear the flesh from your bones. I... no... Nothing. Cool. You shall speak or die. Mungo, continue with the whip. Wait. Atea, 
Why do you not ask me about the revolt? Ah, Tarzan of the Apes. Then there is a conspiracy. Speak. What do you know of it? First order, Kailuk released. He's not at the top of it. You know, then, who is? I'll answer that when Kailuk's been released. You defy me? By the gods of Thor, I... Very well. Go. Release Rator. So, Tarzan, he is free. Speak now. Who is he who dares lift his voice against me? Point him out. Your lot will be the easier. I'm not worried about my lot. But what do you intend doing with Danette and O'Rourke and Kailuk here? I have given the orders concerning them. So I understand. O'Rourke and Kailuk, with others who wear the golden collar, go to the lions. And Jeanette to the winner of my fight with Mungo. Is that right? How do you know that? It's enough that I know. Am I right? Well, and if you are? Then you'll have to change your plans as far as O'Rourke and Kailuk are concerned. If you expect me to tell you what I know about this revolt. You, you dare dispute the word of Atea, Queen of Thor. By Tantu, Tarzan of the Apes, I shall... Your threats don't interest me, Atea. However, I'll bargain with you. Immunity and freedom for O'Rourke and Kailuk. For the name of the man who's at the bottom of the revolt among your slaves. And, Janet Burton, you are satisfied, almighty king of the apes, to see her become the mate of Mungo. If he can beat me in our fight, yes. <laughs> this time, my Tarzan, you are too sure of yourself, too confident. Mungo will kill you and win the woman. Terence O'Rourke and that Rotorian dog, Kailuk, will go into the lion arena. Suit yourself, Atea. Come on, O'Rourke. Kailuk, back to the pit. Wait! I have not finished with you, Tarzan of the Apes. Point out to me the one responsible for this revolt. Do O'Rourke and Kailu go free? No. Then find them yourself if you can. Mungo, guards, to the public whipping post with them. Notify the populace, the court, my chiefs and nobles. At one hour past midday, Tarzan, every man, woman, and child in Tor will see the flesh stripped from your bones with the whips. Meanwhile, in the little anteroom in the Shans Palace in Rator, where Darno has overheard the plot to deliver the Ratorian war plans to Atea, the Frenchman is trapped as he tries to leave his hiding place by Temur and Poltar, the two Ratorian conspirators. Ah, the white stranger who counsels our Shan to make war upon the Torians. The casement, Poltar. Close the shutters. And to what, Paul Darno, do I have the pleasure of this unexpected visit? To curiosity, mon ami. In passing that window, I heard voices speaking in English. So and... you entered through the casement, perhaps, to listen? How long have you been in this chamber? Uh, long enough, Monsieur Timur, to learn that you and your colleague here are traitors to Roshan. You are frank, Paul Darnold. You realize that you're in a dangerous position? And do you realize, my friend, that I have only to call, and those chiefs out there on the land, those men loyal to their shan, will come to my aid? It would be unwise for you to raise your voice, stranger. Ah, uh, I am a prisoner, then? Let us say, a guest. I have ordered the guard to remain before the corridor door and permit no one to enter during your, uh, visit. And how long do you think to hold me before Ruka and the shan? Become curious at my absence. Your disappearance will be explained satisfactorily. Come into the next room. Close the door, Poltar. My private chamber, Poldano, in which you see there are no windows. You will be safe here, if not comfortable. Too much talk, Temur. What shall we do with him? For the time being, he will remain here. I shall go presently and report to the Shan the disappearance of the white stranger. And how, Nami, will you explain that? You will see. 
Hold on. Tear the shirt from his back. Cut at the best if you think I shall stand idly by and permit you your strength, Fultar. These white men are pygmies. Be quiet, stranger. No more. Here, Timur, the shirt. What now? In the cabinet there, you will find cords with which to bind his hands and feet. Get them. And as soon as we leave him alone, he will cry out. It were better to put him out of the way at once. Here are the cords. With a gag between his teeth, he will not cry out. Bind his wrists while I look to his feet. A waste of time, this. Throw him to the lion, say I. <laughs> that is an idea. So, that will do for the present. Now, cloth for the gag. That tunic on the couch. By Rato, that cry will bring the guard. Force the cloth between his teeth. Bind it behind his head. Leave the guards to me if they come. Your knife now, Polta. Cut his arm enough to bring a flow of blood. Why not cut his throat and be done with it? Do as I say. A cut high on the arm. I want his shirt stained with blood. It must be well colored to serve my purpose. There. It is done. And our plans, what of them? They must be changed. I will ride with you to Thor. Ah, Wagambo. Silence, Temur, to speak before the stranger. <laughs> he shall make no use of what he hears or has heard. Here, the shirt. It is well stained. So then, we ride together at once. First, I must get the consent of Shan to lead the scout patrol. To put us far in advance of our warriors. Then we will have nothing to fear. Meantime, go. Await me in the elephant paddock. Sarok, I shall be there. <laughs> and now, Paul Darno, I go to explain your disappearance to the Shan and Council. Your blood-stained clothing will bear witness to the truth of the story I shall tell. <laughs> In the city of Tor, the glaring noonday sun reached down upon a vast yellow-skinned throng packed solidly about an open space in the center of the great square before the palace. Under a canopy of skins shading a raised platform that juts out from the wide palace staircase sits Atea, surrounded by the nobles and women of her court. On either side of her stand Wong Tai and Jack Burton. Extending across the square between the platform and the crowd is a long line of elephants mounted by the palace guard. In the middle of the line, Mungo himself sits proudly astride the neck of the huge, restless Black Maluk. Presently, a low murmur goes up from the throng. The crowd parts at the far end of the square opposite the royal platform, and Tarzan, Ork, and Kailuk, surrounded by their guards, walk through the lane thus formed to the open space in its center. Like waves crashing on a nearby shore, the crowd murmur lifts to a deep crescendo as the three slaves are led to the tall stakes driven firmly into the ground. On the platform, Atea turns to Wong Tai. Wong Tai, the honor of once more questioning Tarzan of the Apes and those other two shall be yours. This one is highly honored, Majesty, by your confidence. If one gives up the name of the leader of the revolt, none shall be. If none speak, all shall be lashed until they are... I comprehend, heaven-born. Your instructions shall be followed to the letter. An inscrutable expression in his black eyes, Wan Tai quickly descends from the platform. He makes his way between the line of elephants and walks to the center of the cleared space. Every eye in that vast concourse is on him as he halts before the three slaves. The great honor of questioning you and your companion, Tarzan, has fallen to me. 
I assure you the duty is not of my own choosing. So ye say, ye black-hearted fiend. But ye'll hear nothing from the lips of Terence Ordark. Get on with your rat killing. Perhaps, Kyluk? I have nothing to say. Uh, and you, Tarzan? Do O'Rourke and Kyluk go free? I have no authority to free them, my friend. But they refuse to concede. In that case, I have nothing to say. It is there to prevent me from telling Atea that you have admitted being at the bottom of the conspiracy yourself? Nothing. Nothing. Excepting the fact that you have reason for not speaking. Or you would have told her the truth yourself. I know that you are the ringleader. I haven't said so. And you will not save yourself and your companions from cruel torture by admitting what I know to be the truth? There is nothing more to be said, Wong. Let's get on with it. As you wish. The Chinese nods gravely to the guards and steps back. Quickly, the three men are bound to the stake by their wrists. Look over there, O'Rourke. That big, restless elephant with Mungo on his back. I'm not interested in elephants now, my lad. I'm wondering how long I can hold out against them whips. It's Black Maluk, our wild friend of the Paddocks. The one that carried Darno and Uka to safety. Watch. On at Tarzan's call, the huge brute stops its nervous weaving. His immense ears stand out like great black wings. He lifts his trunk high, trumpets loudly. Suddenly, he lunges forward toward the ape man. Mungo, trying to stop him, digs deep with his goad. With an angry squeal, Black Maluk's long, sinuous trunk slips back to wrap itself about Mungo's leg. The yellow giant is jerked from his place astride the huge neck. With a mighty swing, the jungle titan crashes him to the hard ground. The contagion of Black Maluk's rage is transmitted to the other elephants. Right and left, into the throne, they toss their riders and follow in the wake of their huge leader. The close-packed crowd, milling and struggling desperately against itself to escape, roars in a pandemonium of fear. Crashing their way through the panic-stricken of the angrily trumpeting elephants with the mountainous black maluk in the lead, charge straight toward the ape-man. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Because of their refusal to expose the plot for revolt among the jewel pit slaves, Atea, White Queen of Tor, orders Tarzan, O'Rourke, and Kailuk to be publicly whipped. In the Shan's palace in Rator, Darno overhears Timur and Poltar, Ratorian triggers, conspiring to betray the Shan's war plans to Atea. The Frenchman is trapped by the conspirators. In the crowded square before Atea's palace in Tor, Tarzan, O'Rourke, and Kailuk are bound to stakes. In a line of elephants ridden by the palace guards, Tarzan recognizes Black Maluk, an elephant he befriended in the Torian paddocks, and riding him, Mungo, Atea's chief of warriors. At Tarzan's call, Black Maluk jerks Mungo from his back and dashes him to the ground. Followed by the other elephants who have tossed their riders aside, 
The jungle titan lunges through the screaming, panic-stricken crowd straight toward the ape-man. Tarzan, the elephants, they will trample us to death. Holy St. Patrick, look at them brutes come through that crowd. Oh, if we were only loose from mistakes. With the crowd fleeing in every direction, the great jungle beasts tossing and thrusting aside all who failed to get out of their path and converging upon Tarzan, Wong Tai, who has stood his ground, whips a long knife from his sleeve and springs to the side of O'Rourke. Ah, uh, your venerable ancestor to protect him, ye, ye cowardly chinch. With me hands tied, tis nothing I can do to protect myself. Go on, use your knife, then. With a grim smile, the Chinese lifts the weapon. As O'Rourke looks him coolly in the face, he cuts the Irishman's bonds with one quick slash, then thrusts the knife into the astonished O'Rourke's hands. With my compliment, O'Rourke, my friend, may you make good use of this blade. Well, for, for the love of... Oh. Hey, you crazy chink, come back here one time. Never mind him, O'Rourke. Here. Cut Kyluk and me loosen these stakes. Hurry. Oh, but did he see that? I thought... Never mind what you thought. Now, free Kyluk. Tantor! 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 Over here, O'Rourke. Kyluk, the elephants won't hurt you. Kyluk, don't run. They brutes will kill you. Stand here with us. Fire and torture. They completely surround us. Now stand still, both of you. You're going to be lifted to the back of one of them. Yud, Tantor! Tantor! Kalu. At the ape man's command, Kalu, the mate of Black Maluk, moves forward out of the close-packed circle of huge beasts, gently slips her truck around O'Rourke's waist, and swings lightly to her broad back. A second swing of the sensitive trunk, and Kaluk is deposited behind the Irishman. A moment later, Black Maluk lifts the ape man to a seat astride his own huge neck. Oh, Faith, the big fellow's made a clean sweep of the square. There ain't a yellow skin in sight. Even the royal platform's deserted. Yet, those killed and wounded by the elephant in the rush across this square are many, Terence O'Rook. Ah, Bigari, you're right. They're laying scattered all over the place. Look, Tarzan of the Apes, entering the square from those streets beside the palace. Warriors! Yes, we've got to get away from here. Unkalpo! Kumwala! Luabalu! Unkalu! Kumwabalu! Them soldiers are coming from all directions. Where the devil are we going? To the elephant paddocks, if we can make it. Gum Kalu! Gum Go Baluk! Gum Wala Tantor! Meanwhile, in the Shan's palace in Rotbor, Amor the traitor has left Darno gagged and presumably securely bound hand and foot in the former's own quarters. With the Frenchman's blood-spattered clothing, he presents himself to the Shan, Uka, and the Council of Chiefs in the great audience chamber. Oh, mighty Sean, I fear disaster has overtaken our friend and I, Paul Darno. Disaster? What mean you, Taimo? When I left the council chamber to transmit your orders to the tower captains, I passed the small lion pits at the end of the balcony. As it was not time for the beast to be fed, I was surprised to see them snarling and fighting over... Well, continue. Upon closer inspection, I found this torn and blood-stained shirt in the arena. It is... Let me see the shirt. You are right, Taymor. It is that of my friend, Paul Darno. Strange that he who knows the ways of hungry lion would fall into a wall. Truly strange, Uka. Yet, it is as I have said. Mangled and bloodstained cloth in your hands 
is convincing proof. I shall examine the lion pit myself and, and you find... will find only what I found. Clean bones. It is unfortunate that we have lost so good a friend. And you, O'Shawn, so wise a counselor. Unfortunate indeed. It saddens me as it will his friends in Tor when we tell them of it. When we tell them, O'Shawn? You intend carrying out your plans against Atea since this stranger is gone? His death releases the word of Uka or Bashan. The word of Uka was not given to Paul Darno Tamor. But the white stranger's death. Enough. My plans will be carried out to the letter. There is one held prisoner in Tor to whom we owe a debt. That debt shall be paid. Then, O'Shawn, I, Tamor, request the honor of commanding the advance scout guard. The request is granted. You will ride one hour in advance of all elephant cars. It is an order, O'Shawn. I go to choose my men. A grim smile twisting his lips. Amor hurries from the council chamber and down the corridor leading to his own quarters. He enters and quickly crosses the little anteroom to open the door to his private chamber. Ah, still resting comfortably, Paul Darno. You will be interested to know how well the explanation of your death was received by the Shan and... By Rator. What? In startled amazement, Tamor watches as Darno coolly tosses aside the cords which had apparently so securely bound him. Frenchman jerks the gag from his mouth and, springing up from the couch where he had reclined, grasps a long, slender sword which his body had concealed. You are surprised, Monsieur Tamur, at seeing me free, n'est-ce pas? Uh, but do not excite yourself, mon cher. But, but, how? Who freed you? Your own carelessness, mon ami, in binding my hands before instead of behind me. Ah. Exactement, sir. And it did not take me long to cut my bonds with this so very excellent blade from among your collection there on the wall. I was on the point of leaving when I heard you returning. So, Paul Dono, because you did not go when you had the opportunity, you will never leave this room alive. But yet, uh, perhaps. The Sean's lions will yet taste your blood. But not until I, Tamor, have passed my sword through your body. Comme vous voulez, mon cher monsieur. But that is a game which I well understand how to play. Let us see then how well you fare against the blessed swordsman in Rator. Whipping the great double-edged sword from the scabbard at his side, the huge yellow-skinned Ratorian warchief leaps toward Darno. Meanwhile, in the city of Thor, Tarzan, O'Rourke, and Kailuk, mounted upon the backs of Black Maluk and Kalu, are being swiftly borne out of the great square before the palace toward the elephant paddocks. Yelling fiendishly, a horde of giant warriors like yellow waves of storm water sweeping up a rocky slope come pouring toward them from the surrounding streets. Heaven will never outdistance them heathen devils. Why not take a chance at storming the palace, finding Jeanette and making for the jungle? Arch is the chance of a lifetime we have now to escape. Not yet, O'Rourke. We're not ready to leave for Okay, then I'm ready any time. The sooner the better. I have given my word to free the pit slaves. They're going to have the chance to fight for their lives and freedom. Well spoken, Tarzan of the Apes. Word of what you have done this day will long since have reached the slaves. If you can free them, they will follow you to the last man. Holy St. Patrick! Look! They're ahead of us! Coming from the paddocks! Oh, more soldiers! Oh, big guy with... We're took front and back! Not yet. We'll turn into the side street. Get out of sight. Sandor! Go, Maluk! Hello! Hanlan! Hanlan! At the ape man's command, the two huge beasts, Kalu and Black Maluk, swing into a narrow crossroad. Momentarily concealed from the pursuing Taurians by buildings and high walls, 
Tarzan slips down from the back of Black Maluk. Down. Stop off both of you. Into this doorway. Never mind the others. They'll go on. Ah, for weapons. If we chance to meet armed men. Here. Inside, quick. There's a chance we'll have to pay, Kyluk. Close that door, O'Rock. Come on. Up these stairs. Ah, be goody. I, I don't hear a sound. The place seems deserted. The tenants were probably with the crowd in the square. May have taken refuge from the elephants in some other building. Well, anyway, they're not here. We seem to have the place to ourselves. Let me have that rifle, Rock. Oh, 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 faith, and I didn't know I had it. Forgot all about it in the excitement. Here you are, my lad. Wait, friends, look. This room. Weapons hanging on the walls. Ah, now we can arm and defend ourselves. Holy St. Patrick. The owner of the place must be a fighting man. He certainly has a fine collection of fixed stickers. Take what you need. I'll keep one ties knife. Ah, that reminds me. I'm wondering what got into the chink, helping us out of that tough spot the way he did. When he came at me out there with his knife, oh, and with my hands tied to that stake, I thought he was going to cut me throat. How do you figure him, Tarzan? I don't. He turned against us, and yet there are times when I've wondered if he really hasn't tried to help us. Oh, you mean... The time he shot you. Remember? He could easily have killed you. Yes, tis deadly with a rifle or a pistol he is. Mm, you're right. He could have killed me. And then, when he came to the pits and told us about Jeanette going to the winner of the fight with Mungo, and the escape of Darno and Uka. Hmm. And we were waiting for that news, too. He know, I've often wondered what he said to Major Ashley just before the Major died in, in that fight in the arsenal, you know. So have I, O'Rourke. I... Listen, someone's coming down below. Out of here. Come on. There's another stairway. Lead into an upper floor. Yes. Maybe we can find a way to the roof. Come on. Up these stairs. Fast. They see us. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
In the Shawn's palace in Rathor, Darno frees himself from the thongs with which the Rathorian traitors Temur and Poltar have bound him. Snatching a sword from the wall, the Frenchman engages Temur in a duel to the death. In the city of Tor, in the great square before Atea's palace, Tarzan, O'Rourke, and Kailuk have been bound to stakes preparatory to being publicly whipped. Among the elephants hidden by Atea's guards, Tarzan recognizes Black Maluk, one he had previously befriended. At the ape man's call, the elephants toss aside their riders and charge through the closely packed crowd toward Tarzan and his friends. In the excitement, one tie frees O'Rourke, who in turn releases the others. Pursued by Torian warriors, the three friends escape from the square and take refuge in a deserted dwelling where they are later surprised by the yellow men. Oh, big daddy, I, I hope there's a way up to, to the roof. Take that open casement at the head of the stairs. There's a balcony. Come on, fast. The porch runs, runs the length of the building. If we can get out of sight around the corner. No. Here, Kyle, Luke. Put your back to the wall. Up on his shoulders, I'll look. You can reach the coping. Oh, big daddy, I, I can just make it. You next, Kyle, Luke. Uh, too high. I, I cannot reach. On my shoulders. Quick. As the huge Raptorian slips out of sight with the edge of the roof, Tarzan steps back, springs lightly upward, grasps the coping, and draws himself quickly to the roof as the crowd of pursuing Torians comes pouring out of the casement onto the balcony. Come on. The roof of that other building. They'll be up here in another minute. Oh, big And we just got out of sight in time. Here. Down oh, behind this coping. When they don't see us on the balcony or the roof, it's likely to think we've dropped off into the street. Here they come. I can see them through the chink in the wall. They climb up onto the roof now. <laughs> He's going back. He only stuck his head over the top and looked. Here's tis the hand of the Lord that's over us. Listen. The gang's going back into the house. Come on. Quietly. Let's get out of here. Too likely to be seen. If we leave the housetops, we shall be seen, Tarzan of the Apes. As long as we remain on these roofs, there is not much danger of our being observed. The dwellings are on the same height. Ah, but the palace. Look. It sticks up there like a sore thumb. If someone happens to look out of one of them windows... That can't be helped. We'll keep below the casements as much as possible as we go. If we can get to the elephant paddocks, we'll hide in the feed in Black Maluk's corral till night. And then... Back to the jewel pits. We're going to release those slaves somehow tonight. Faith, and there's a job I wish was already done. But why just tonight? Have you forgotten the feast of Pantu, day after tomorrow? Kailuk told us the slaves would be taken out of the pits the night before the games. Right. I'd almost forgotten about that hail and celebration. Where do they take the slaves, Kailuk? The slaves of the Golden Collar are locked in cages in the public arena until the time comes for them to go into the lion pits. Then we can't wait for the lieutenant and them Rathorians, Tazan. Uh, we'll break out the slaves and make a surprise attack on the palace without our friends. Is that the idea? Right. If Arno and Uka got through to Rathor... Wait, friends. You, you speak of Uka and Rathor? Do, do you know our son? If you mean Uka, yes. We helped him to get out of Tor with one of our friends. They should be back by this time with his people. <laughs> by Rattor, <laughs> it is good to learn the Bashan is alive. <laughs> we thought him dead long since. A personal friend of yours, is he? I was a member of his hunting party and was captured with him by the Torians. And you say he is returning from Rattor with an army? So he said, if they got through and could make it back here in time, then he will be here. A Rattorian does not break his word. Oh, sure. And I wish I were as confident as you, my friend. A lot of them poor slaves are going to die when we start. What is it, Tarzan? The elephant paddocks. Over there. To get to them, we've got to get down into the street. There's another balcony just below. 
I'll go first. Let O'Rourke down to me, Kyluk. From the balcony, we can drop to the street. Sure, and I'll be right with you, Carson. In the Sean's palace in Rator, Dono, engaged in a duel to the death with Temur, the Ratorian traitor, battles desperately for his life. Excellent swordsman that he is, he fights like an enraged tiger. He changes ground to guard 20 times, attacking his huge, more powerful opponent from every direction. Furious at being held in check by his smaller adversary, Temur springs forth to end the battle. He aims a terrible thrust at the agile Frenchman. Dono parries it. As the Ratorian recovers, he glides like a serpent beneath the huge blade and passes his sword through Temur's body. Yeah, monsieur. It is finished. May the evil gods of Rato crush you, Paul Doro. Finish it. Strike. That I may not be fed to the lions. Now that will be for Monsieur Lachan to decide. You are not fatally yet. You will soon recover. Unless Monsieur Lachan has other ideas about the matter. <laughs> Au revoir, mon ami. I shall return presently. In the vast audience chamber to which Darno hastens, the Shan orders his chiefs and nobles to their respective commands in preparation for the forced march upon the city of Tor. Atari Tarator, Ongu Luk, Wakoro, Aluk, Banga, Rukku, Tatari. Mr. Shan, Huh? wait one moment. Oh, no, you! Oh, La Kaluka! Oh, silence! So, Paul Dano, you are not dead. Not a moment since Temur came to report your death to the council. And now... A false report, Mr. Lechon. As you see, I am very much alive. But your clothing, Dono. Here, this bloodstained shirt. It is, my Anuka. With your permission, Mr. Lechon, I would speak with you, Anuka, alone. As you will, Paul Dano. Andak, Atari, Pangarukto. Speak now, Paul Dano. We are alone. My friends... The Atari, Temur, and Poltar are traitors. What? what? Temur and Poltar traitors? Raymond, Raymond. I overheard them plotting to carry the plans of our campaign to Atea. My Rator, what is this you say? What? Timur is a noble, a chief. You accuse without proof, Paul Darno. I have the evidence in Temur's own quarters. If you will come with me. Lead on. Come, Muka. Yes, yes, my father. But, Darno, I still do not understand... Temur presented your torn and bloodstained clothing as evidence that you had been killed by lions. Uh, they trapped me as I listened. They spoke in English so that their conversation could not be understood. They took my shirt and sprinkled it with my own blood. It was Temur's intention to kill me later and throw my body to the lions because I knew him for a traitor. If you were held in Temur's quarters, how did you escape? By cutting the cords that bound me while he was reporting my supposed death to you. When he returned, I attacked and wounded him with one of his own swords. And the Atari Potar? Awaits Temur and the Elephant Paddox. Temur was to receive your permission, Monsieur Lechand, to lead the advanced scout guard. And no. then you... You would not know that unless you had overheard their plans. Here, the door to Temur's quarters. Come, follow me. But why do you not see Temur? In his private chamber, Palak, that door... Hmm. Your evidence, Paul Dano, has vanished. These quarters are deserted.
In the city of Tor, Atea, furious at the failure of her plans for the public whipping and humiliation of Tarzan and his friends, strides angrily back and forth in her apartment. With savage anger, she berates everyone about her. And you, Mungo, the mighty Mungo, who permits himself to be tossed from the back of an elephant like a novice. Speak. What have you to say for yourself? Black Maluk, wild, untrained. He take Mungo by surprise. By surprise. It is in my mind to send you back to the paddocks until you have learned how to ride and handle your mounts. After seeing you tossed like a straw, I should not be surprised if this Tarzan of the Apes kills you in the arena. Mm, Tarzan, not Black Maluk. Tarzan no can kill Mungo. I'm not so sure of that, no. And you, Wong Tai, how did these men free themselves from their bonds? You stood close. You must have seen. That majesty is beyond the comprehension of this present. I saw them bound fast to the stakes. Having a desire to continue in an ordinary existence, this person did not tarry at the approach of the elephant. Ah, cowards, all of you. And now, where is this Tarzan? Where are his companions? Speak, Mungo. Men who escape, many guards and warrior patrol walls and streets, where we find... Your guards and warriors are children. They have let the two of these white strangers escape from under their very noses. But these others will not win free. Loose the hunting lions, all of them. Warn the people from the streets. Go, strike the warning gong. You, you, Janet Burton, are the cause of all this. Since your arrival, I have had nothing but trouble, humiliation, ill fortune. But now it is finished. No longer shall I withhold my vengeance. God, Bunny! We shall see, woman, if your friends can save you from the chamber of serpents. Andaka Bunny! Surrounded by savage, yellow-skinned guards, Jeanette is led from the room. Down a long flight of narrow stone steps through a dank corridor to a heavily studded door fastened on the outside by a wooden bar. The door is opened. Jeanette is thrust roughly into a crescent-lighted circular stone chamber. Behind her, the barrier thud shut. A low hissing draws her gaze to a round opening in the foot of the wall opposite the door. The cold, clammy hand of horror touches her spine as, fascinated, she watches a huge black king cobra slide from the opening. The deadly reptile pauses, lifts its flat, wickedly hooded head to stare with cold, unwinking eyes. Then, leaping slowly from side to side, the great serpent glides quickly toward her. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! Uh-huh. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as eleven ninety nine per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it.
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and his two companions, Terence O'Rourke and Kailuk the Raptorian, escaped the public whipping post in the square before the palace of Tor through the assistance of Wong Tai. They elude their pursuers and make their way toward the elephant paddocks. In the city of Rator, Dorno has freed himself from his bonds and has wounded Temur the Raptorian traitor in a sword duel. To prove his accusations against Temur, the Frenchman returns to the traitor's apartment with the Shan of Rator and Uka. In the city of Tor, Atea, white queen of the yellow men, charging Jeanette Burton with being the cause of all her ill fortune, orders the white girl to the chamber of serpents. Horror-struck, Jeanette watches a huge black king cobra, its beady, lidless eyes staring coldly into her own, glides swiftly toward her from its den across the room. Hissing angrily with hood extended, the deadly serpent, weaving slowly from side to side, pauses directly before Jeanette. Do not move, Jeanette. Be perfectly still. Doctor, Doctor Wong. Oh, oh Doctor Wong. Thank heaven you've come. It is all right now, Jeanette. A moment while I unbar this door. There. Come now, my child, honey. That shot may have been heard. Now we refasten the door. So, come now. Oh, that. That awful reptile. You were just in time to... It was rather close, my dear. Atea dismissed me at once after you went out with your guard. I followed and shot the snake. The, the pistol? Where did you get it? I have never been without it since the fight in the arsenal in which your revered uncle... Oh. Uh, yes. However, I found it among the arms of our friends at that time. Oh, thank heaven for that. Where are we going now? To my own private quarters here in the palace. You will be safe there. We have not far to go. An unused corridor leads directly to a secret door in the rear of my apartment. Yes. Here. Up these stairs. Dr. Wong, what has happened to Terry? He, Tarzan, and Kyluk are probably well concealed by this time. You need not worry about O'Rourke as long as he is with Tarzan. But... Where could they hide without being found at once? I might make a close guess, my child. Tarzan is an intelligent animal. Oh, I do not say that in disparagement of his character. In fact, I greatly admire the man. Nevertheless, having lived his life among jungle beasts, his instincts would naturally be those of an animal. Then, you think he's returned to the jungle? By no means. I will wager my place in the Temple of Heaven that Tarzan is still in Tor. <laughs> Were I at there, I would most certainly examine the elephant paddocks with the minutest care. And here we are. This little door opens directly into my sleeping chamber. Yeah. 
you will be safe here, at least temporarily, until Tarzan has put into execution his scheme of revolt among the pit slaves. Did Tarzan admit that he was at the bottom of that? Oh, no, my dear. As a matter of fact, he said nothing. But as I intimated, Tarzan is an extremely clever and resourceful animal. I... I suppose you told Artea? No, Jeanette. I fear I neglected to mention the perfectly obvious fact to her. Uh, now I am going to leave you for a short time. Do not open that door to anyone. But where are you going, Dr. Wong? To ascertain, if possible, what has happened to our friend. city of Ator, Darno has wounded the traitorous Temur in a sword duel, and leaving him apparently helpless in his own quarters, has exposed him to the Shan and Uka. Returning to the traitor's apartment with the two Ratorians, they find the chamber deserted. But, but, Monsieur Le Shan, it, it is impossible. He must be here somewhere, for he was wounded not fatally. Be there, my father. Mm. Blood on the floor. He cannot have gone far. Find him, Uka. Also, Potter, bring them to me in the council chamber. At once, my father. And to the Tar chiefs, you will transmit my orders to advance at once with the entire army. And we? We follow and overtake them as soon as you have found these traitors. And they have been dealt with. I go, my father. Come, Paul Darno. In the council chamber, we shall await Ukal's return. Uh, the Atar Tamor a traitor. I would not have believed it, nor of Potter. They have both been close to my throne. You have fought the Taurians often, Monsieur Lechan? Aye, often. And we have beaten them, though they are more numerous than we. But in the last three battles, they seem prepared and anticipated our tactics. In how many of these battles has Temur fought? In the last three only. He was too young to take part in previous engagements. By Rator, you are right, young man. Tamor has been in league with Artea since he became a Tartan. I did not say so, Monsieur Lechan. Mm. But appearances are against him. Me, pourquoi? What has he to gain? Vengeance, instilled into his heart by his Torian mother. She was captured by Tom Tamor, his father, in the raid upon Tor. Because of her beauty, Tom Tamor made her his lawful wife. This ingrate is the offspring. And Poltar? Tamor's protege. But here, the council chamber. As soon as Ukar returns with those two, and they have been fed to the lions which were to have devoured you, we overtake the army. Then Poltar is a pure Raptorian, Monsieur Lechand? Aye, a strong warrior and an excellent chieftain. Uh, that he should turn traitor, I do not understand. Monsieur Lechand, it is only human to err. A man may unwittingly commit a grave mistake which a vengeful person may use to force him into still others. What mean you, Paul Darno? At the time Uka was captured by the Torian patrol, it was through a mistake made unknowingly by Poltar. At the command of Temur, he flashed a signal to your jungle patrol from a tower here in Rator. A signal? Ah, oui. A signal which Temur very probably knew would be intercepted by the Torians. By the ten names of the evil one. How know you all this? 
In their plotting, I overheard this incident discussed. Mm. Polkar advised, refusing to reveal our plans to Atea. Temur threatened him with exposure of that former mistake, warning him that it would mean his death. Ah, this Torian dog, this spy of Atea's. When Uka brings him Great back... Order. Huh? Temur and Totor have vanished from the city. What? Both have passed through the gates mounted on fast-riding elephants. They ride with your orders as advanced scout guards. Uh, their capture is your task, Uka. Do not return without them, or proof of their death. Go. Come, Paul Dano. We ride with my warriors to the attack upon Tor. <laughs> Tarzan, O'Rourke, and Kailuk, eluding their pursuers by way of the housetops, have come to within sight of the elephant paddocks of Tor. From the roofs, they drop to a balcony, thence to the deserted street below. Faith, my lads, I'd, I'd rather be topside of them roofs than down here in the street. If we're not seen immediately, I'll be missing my guess. Uh, we can't stay up there and get to the paddocks, too, O'Rourke. On the rooftops, they can see us from the palace. Come on, keep close to the buildings. Now, it is fortunate for us that the Torians were driven by the elephants to seek refuge in the buildings near the square. Otherwise, we should long since have been retaken. And if we are lucky enough to get to the paddocks, how are we going to get inside? We can't pass through the gates in broad daylight. It won't be long before dark, O'Rourke. Tarzan is right. The sun is already low in the heavens, and the paddocks, as you see, are not distant. Oh, what? That gong. What the devil does that mean? Listen. Begotty, tis a fight or a fire. <laughs> and tis seldom an old rock who's run from either festivity. A lion gong. It does not warn of battle or fire or rook. The lion gong? What does it mean? It is a warning, Tarzan of the Apes, to clear these streets of all but armed guards and warriors. Atea's savage hunting lions are being released to prowl the streets of the city. Hunting lions? Turned out to run us down, eh? <laughs> Faith, tis fine ideas the lady Atea's after having bad cess to her. It works in our favor, O'Rourke. The fewer people on the streets, the less chance of our being seen. Ah, ye would look at it that way. And I don't know but what you're right. I believe I'd rather take my chances with the lions than with the Torians. But Abtea's hunting lions are far more dangerous than those of the jungle, friends. The queen's lions are kept in a state of ravenous hunger, never being more than half-fed. Holy St. Patrick! Listen to that, would you? Them fellows are no cubs. Abtea's hunters are full-grown lions, or rook. They are fed on the flesh of men, slaves. If we chance to meet one of them... We'll worry about that when and if Numa crosses our path, Kailu. And tis a worry I don't like to have on me mind. There's the paddocks, and the gates are closed. We'll get over the wall in the rear of Black Maluk's corral. They won't look for us in the paddocks, much less in Tantor's feed shed. Come on, come this way. Uh, another quarter of an hour and it'll be dark. Are you waiting for that before we get over the fence? No. We'll be inside by dark. Here. 
See that white streak down the wall where I'm pointing? Yes. Cantor's Corral is on the other side. Come on. Straight for that spot. It's only a few steps. Look. Between us and the paddock wall. Holy St. Patrick. The brute's as big as a church. And no tree to climb within sight. Oh, let's get out of here. Stand still, O'Rourke. Paddock. Savage growl, the huge king of beasts gathers his great tawny body for the charge. His yellow-green eyes fixed in a baleful glare upon Kailuk blaze hatefully. Suddenly, with a roar of savage fury, Numa leaps straight for Kailuk. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tai rescues Jeanette Burton from the Chamber of Serpents in the city Tor and conceals her in his own quarters in the palace. While in the Shan's palace in Rator, Darno, the Shan, and Uka find that the renegades Temur and Poltar have fled, intending to deliver the Shan's war plans to Atea. Meanwhile, Tarzan and O'Rourke and Kailuk have eluded the pursuing Torians and are making their way through the deserted streets of Tor toward the elephant paddocks. A distant gong sounds. Kailuk explains that it is the lion gong, warning Torians from the streets. Atea is preparing to release her savage hunting lion. While seeking an unguarded section of the paddock wall, Tarzan and his companions are suddenly confronted by a huge lion. With a roar, the half-starved beast launches itself in a rushing charge straight at Kailuk. The Ratorian glances over his shoulder at the distant building's only refuge. Don't run, Kailuk. Can't make it. fierce challenge of the bull ape rings out to mingle with the lion's roar, Tarzan, quick as a leopard, springs forward to thrust Kailuk out of the path of Numa's hurtling charge. Before the great jungle cat can turn and gather himself for a second charge, the ape man lands full on the brute's back. A corded bronze arm encircles the tawny throat. Raised from behind, Numa roars furiously. His mighty talon paws beat and slice the air as Tarzan's keen knife buries itself again and again in the unprotected left side. Finally, with a last choking cough, Numa sinks lifeless to the ground. Tarzan, we've got to get out of this in a hurry. Look down there at the end of the street. Guards, plenty of them. Yes, it's our friend Mungo and a company of his men. Come on. Round this corner, then over the paddock wall. Hurry. Quick, I look, my lad. Don't stand looking at Tarzan. I know just how he feels. He did the same for me once. Come on, or them fellows will be on your neck. 
Here. Over the wall, Kyluk. Up, O'Rourke. Sure, and you'll have to give me a hand. Drop down inside. Before those men reach the corner. Holy Out of the frying pan into the fire. Here comes that big devil black maluk. His trumpet and sure will bring the guards. Stand off. Tan Panda. Oh, Maluk. Tan Panda. We'll be quiet now. Come on. Into the shed before the elephant men come. Ah, big Gary. And that was a narrow escape, my lads. Fate and I feel as if I'd been dragged through a rough enough hole. Uh, you can rest now, O'Rourke. Mungo and his men have passed. Later, when the hunt for us is quieted down and it's quite dark, I'll go to the jewel pits. Ah, you men will go to the jewel pits. He'll not be leaving Terry O'Rourke out of your plans. Nor can look, Tarzan of the Apes. For delivering him from the fangs of the land, Kaluk owes you his life. When the time comes, he will repay the debt. You owe me nothing, Kaluk. Your friendship is enough. Now, get some rest, both of you. <laughs> rest, did you say? <laughs> With guards and lions prowling the streets looking for us? <laughs> Them elephant men are liable to make four out of two and two and stick their yellow faces in here while we're asleep. Not likely. Tentor, warn us. Anyone comes to the shed, it would probably be Mongo, since Black Milk seems to be his mouth. Now sleep if you can. I'll watch. Meanwhile, Atea, eagerly awaiting word that Tarzan and his companions have been run to earth and killed by her hunting lions, restlessly paces the floor of her apartment. A bland, inscrutable Wong Tai watches her and listens as she boasts of the savage infallibility of her tawny hunters. No, Wong Tai. The hunting lions of Tor have never failed to accomplish that for which they are kept. And yet the luckless one has seen Tarzan kill the great guardian lion of the treasure vault with nothing to deny. A strong, fearless man may accomplish such a feat once, even twice through a fortunate accident. However, the beast was not a hunter. No, my friend. I'll soon be well rid of this Tarzan, this king of the apes. I was a fool to allow myself to be humiliated by him as long as I did. Well, as far as Jeanette Burton is concerned, it is finished. And soon we'll be with Tarzan and his companions. None have ever escaped alive from the Chamber of Servants. Nor yet from Toldo the hunting lion. And Mungo, heaven-born. What of Mungo? Will he not be greatly disappointed in not seeing the mediums through which Tarzan will have met his death? Thereby winning Jeanette Burton as his mate? <laughs> Mungo would soon have tired of her. He shall fight instead a Ratorian slave. And have his choice of my serving women. Speaking of your women, Majesty, has the key to the treasure vault been found yet? No, that key has been stolen. And when I find the thief, you, Wang Tai. I, heaven born. Did I not grant you the authority to come and go where you would in the palace in search of this strangely missing ah, key? Yes, Majesty. You did grant this person such authority. But in the excitement of the past day or two, the matter has been overlooked. This one shall make it his immediate business to begin the search. Who comes? Enter. Now, Mungo, you bring news of Tarzan? The hunting lions have brought him down? Toldo found Tarzan, Oruk, and Kailuk the Ratorian. Toldo is dead. Tarzan killed him. What? 
Tarzan of the Apes killed a hunting lion? But that is impossible, Mungo. No, Mungo see. Tarzan killed Toldo with night. But you have captured him and his companions. No, they escaped after Tarzan killed Toldo. Where did this happen? By elephant paddock. Ah, the elephant paddock. And you have sex for them in the paddock, Mungo? Oh, no, find them. Find them, Mungo, if you wish to live beyond tomorrow's sunset. Search every building in Tor, every room in every building. Find them. And when you do, bring me proof of their death. Go. You were right, Wang Tai. This Tarzan of the Apes is unconquerable. Oh, by Pantu, with such a man as king of Tor. But that he must and will. If he will not remain here with me, he shall not leave Thor alive. It is not ineptly written, illustrious one, that he who overcomes others is strong. But he who overcomes himself is mightier still. Then you believe, Wang Tai, that I have not overcome myself? This person believes nothing, Majesty. He merely expressed aloud a thought. And now, with the permission of the presence, this one will retire and commence his search for the missing key to the treasure vault. Yes. Go, Wang Tai. I, I wish to be alone. Leaving Atea's apartment, the wily Chinese hastens back through the dimly lighted, deserted corridors of the palace to his own quarters, where Janet Burton, wakeful and anxious, awaits word of Tarzan and his two companions. Thank heaven you've come back, Dr. Wong. What have you learned of Terry and the others? Safe? All of them. They have so far escaped the capture and death. And as I surmised, have not left the city. But come, I shall tell you as we go. Go? Where are we going at this time of the night? To inspect our illustrious queen's treasure vault. And there is no time like the present. But, but must I go with you? Suppose we're seen. Everyone but a few of the palace guards sleep. They will not see us. If they should... I have full authority to come and go as I please. But, but Dr. Wong, I don't want... You have made a bargain, my dear. You will keep it. Come now, hurry. We must be back here by daylight. Meanwhile, in the little shed at the rear of Black Maluk's corral in the elephant paddocks, Tarzan and his two companions discussed plans for the release of the jewel pit slaves. Oh, what with them hungry lions prowling the streets and Mungo and his men on the watch for us, uh, we're going to have a sweet time getting hold of them jewel pits, you know, Tarzan, my lad. Therefore, I suggest that you and Kylo wait right here. I'll get the slaves and pick you up on the way back to the palace. Ah, you're stepping out of line again, my friend. That suggestion's been vetoed by both Kylo and myself, and we won't go over it again. Rook is right, Tarzan. We will all go. Once in the jewel pits, three can work more surely and quickly than one. All right, have it your way. Well, what's the plan of action in jewel pits? In general, we release the slaves from their chains in the bunks. You know where the keys to those chains are? Sure, and I've seen them there often enough. They hang beneath the doors of the slave sheds. Right. In case we're surprised by the guards, get those keys and unlock each man as you come to him, while Kailuk and I hold off the guards. Once a shed full of them slaves are let loose, they can arm themselves with the weapons of the guards or anything else handy, eh? Right. We crossed the city to the jewel pits as we came here, Tarzan, by way of the housetops. Not unless we have to. All we'll have to look out for now will be Numa, Athea's hunting lion, and a few guards. Yes, everyone else will be dead to the world in sleep. If we can keep out of the way of them lions, we can easily avoid the guards. It should be near midnight now. We'll get over the paddock wall just back at the shed, the same place we got in. It's time to go. 
Ready? Well, ready, Fran. Yes. Come on, then. Holy St. Patrick. It is as dark out here as the inside that shed. Begotty, I don't like... Look out, Tarzan! The guards! Oh, big guy! The devils were sneaking up on us! Here they come! Back to the wall, O'Rock! Leading his guards, Mungo, with a shout of savage joy, his great sword raised high for the death blow, springs directly toward the waiting ape man. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Victorian palace, Atea orders Mungo, her giant chief of warriors, to bring her positive proof of the death of Tarzan, Oruk, and Hailuk, the Raptorian slave. Accompanied by Jeanette Burton, Wong Tai starts in the dead of night for Atea's subterranean treasure vault. Meanwhile, Tarzan, Oruk, and Kailuk, following their escape from the Torians, have taken refuge in the corral of Black Maluk, a huge elephant Tarzan has befriended. Having perfected their plans for the freeing of the jewel pit slaves, the three friends cautiously leave their refuge under cover of darkness. About to climb the paddock wall, they're suddenly surrounded and attacked by Mungo and his huge yellow-skinned warriors. At Mungo's shouted command, torches instantly flare up, lighting the paddock and Black Maluk's corral with a weird yellow radiance. With the high-pitched death cry of the yellow giants, Mungo, his heavy sword sweeping through a great arc, leaps past Black Maluk directly toward Tarzan. We got At Tarzan's words, the elephant, trumpeting angrily, lunges forward to thrust his mighty bulk between the ape-man and Mungo's yellow warriors. With flailing trunk and gleaming tusks, Black Maluk drives the warriors from his corral. Tarzan, meanwhile, sidesteps Mungo's savage charge. Before the yellow giant can regain his balance, the ape man springs in close. Quick as thought, he launches himself astride Mungo's broad back. His arms seek and gain a full Nelson on the yellow giant. With a roar of fury, Mungo drops his sword and throws himself to the ground. Tarzan's grip tightens. Tighter and tighter draw the steel bands. Lower and lower upon his breast, Mungo's head is forced. Suddenly, under the flickering torchlight, the great muscles of Tarzan's shoulders and biceps leap into coarse ridges of iron. A final supreme effort, and the vertebra of Mungo's mighty neck part with a dull snap. Man, 
Holy St. Patrick. And did he ever see the likes of that guy look, my lad? By the great image. With bare hands, he has vanquished the mightiest of Arteus warriors. Come on, you two. Over the wall. Oh, give me a hand, Kyluk. Oh, Pete and them guards are making for the bad gates. Oh, they'll be trying to head us off. Where are you, Tarzan? Here. Drop down. I look up. He's right behind me. Oh, them guards are coming. They'll be round here in another minute. All right, Kyluk. Stay close to the wall, you two, and follow me. Beware of the haunting lions, Tarzan. If Atea has released them all, don't worry about Numa. He'll warn us before he attacks. Just now, we're getting clear of the paddocks and out of this part of the city. Wait. We're going the wrong way for the slave pits. I know. We'll circle back in a few minutes, and we've left the guards behind. Here. Down this side street. The warriors, Tarzan. See? They gather at the spot where we left the paddocks. Sure, and it'll take them a long time to decide which way we've gone. We're well rid of the heathen devils. Oh, Bigotti, I'd like to see a tear's face when she hears how her fighting man Mungo was killed. Onto the eerie light cast by hundreds of flickering torches. The long columns of foot and elephant paws of Rator move swiftly, like regiments of huge yellow phantoms, through the shadowy jungle night. At their head, in an open war howdah strapped to the broad back of a huge elephant, ride the mighty yellow-skinned Shan of Rator and Paul Darno. With the subdued rumble of far-off thunder, the rapidly moving columns quickly approach their goal, the walled city of Tor. Ah, oh, Shan of Rator, if only we are in time. Do not allow that thought to worry you, Paul Darno. We shall arrive in time, long before the break of day. Uh, I hope so. It is only because I am so anxious about Tarzan and our friends that I worry. If we should arrive too late to help them... Be easy, friend. The feast of Pantum, the time set for their sacrifice, is still two days hence. Ah, I know that. But the Temur and Poltar have succeeded in eluding Uka. And I've reached Tor with word of our coming. Listen. There's the voice of Uka there beyond us in the darkness. We will soon know that, Rendano. Uka! Hoy! Hey, Bonnie! Off the columns, my father! Just the sound of their advance, one Torian. You are less than a lot from their gates. Now yeah, we are closer than I had thought. Ufla, send Tibani. Whoa, hello. So. my son. And what of the traitors, Temor and Pata? They are dead. We overtook them as they were leaving the edge of the jungle opposite the main gate of Tor. The wound Paul Dono gave Temor held them back. Our exalt. I do not see how he came this far with that wound. Though it was not fatal, it was still a bad one. Very, very bad one. He was exhausted from the loss of blood and on the verge of death when we overtook them. And Poltar died as a Rotorian warrior. With sword in hand. Ah, good. Then Atea has received no word of our approach. And you, you will begin the attack when? Hukar will see to the placing of the foot warriors 
and the Tars were just to draw the Torians from the main gate. You will return and join us here, Uka. After facing your men, we will open the attack upon your return. We do not wait for daylight. What think you, Paul Darno? A surprise attack by night, Monsieur Lechon, would be my suggestion. Under cover of darkness, we may approach to the foot of the walls without being seen or heard. Can the sham attack at the rear of the city? We'll draw most of the Torians away from the walls we must scale to gain entrance to the city. Exactly. But you forget that Tarzan is expecting us and will attempt to open the gates to us. If only he is not a prisoner or dead. Uh, in that case, Atea herself shall pay the debt with her life. But we waste time. Go, Uka. See that your Tars have their orders. They must not open the attack until the remainder of our force is in position. I will rejoin you at the main gate as soon as I have carried out your orders, my father. And I, Shangator? You will remain at my side, Paul Darrow. Atari, Antaro, Altor, Andrak. Come, friend, we go to the gates of Tor. Atari, Meanwhile, ever on the alert for Artea's prowling hunting lines and the many squads of yellow guardsmen patrolling the streets and roadways of the cities in search of them, Tarzan, O'Rourke, and Kailuk move swiftly, silently through the darkness to the great heavily barred gates of the jewel pits. Them gates are not going to be easy to climb, Tarzan, especially with guards outside and in. Getting over the gates will be simple. The guards, we should have little fear from them, Tarzan of the Apes. They are never more than five or six in the guard house on the outside here. And at this time of night, they will all be sleeping. Do you think you can climb that gate, O'Rourke? Not without a rope, and without making enough noise to raise the dead. Oh, I'm no monkey. How about you, Kylo? Ah, the gate is high, friend, and... All right, then listen. I'll get over the gate. You two stay here in the shadow of this wall until you see me drop down inside. Then come to the gate. You'll find it open. Sure. And I hope one of them hunting lanes don't come prowling around here just when Kylo and I are alone. If Numa comes, climb the wall. Kyluk will help you up. I'm going now. Don't leave this wall until you see me on top of the gate. Sure, and I wish this part of the job was over. There's a fine chance we stand of getting killed in there, Kyluk, my lad. It is the chance fighting men must take, Uruk. One can die but once. Yes, and I can think up a lot of things better to do than die, my friend. <laughs> Tis the last thing I expect to do. Yet, you are a man of great courage. Oh, don't you believe it. Tis only a pose characteristic of the Irish, my lad. Sure... And I would, ye believe it, <laughs> I've been so scared I couldn't tell you the name of the game we're playing. The, the, the game, my friend? <laughs> I can't even tell you the score. Look, Tazan's sitting astride the gate. There he goes, down inside. Come on, my lad, that's old cue. If we can get past the yardhouse now without waking them fellows. The gates are opening. Come. Faith, and they should oil them hinges. Squeaking sound is like the wail of a banshee. Inside, O'Rourke. Kylo, quick. Here we are, my lad. You're closing it again? Yes. Slide that bar back into place. We'll leave it closed and we're ready to go out with the slaves. Right here. Uh, and know what? Straight for the nearest slave shed. We'll get the key to the bunk chains and release the slaves as we come to them. Have a care, Tarzan. Have a care in passing that open guard shed there, O'Rourke. If we're interrupted, Kylo, I'll hold off the guards. 
You get the key and release the slaves. And I'll send them out to help you as I free them. Quiet. Here's the guard ship. If only quiet. Into the shadows quickly, friends. He thinks me a guard. Don't wait a rock. Go on to the slave sheds. Forward, he has seen us all. Come on, then. Follow a rock. Here we are, Kailuk. The slave shed. A rock. Yes. I'm unlocking the head and as fast as I can. Outside, the yellow devils, outside. When the slaves come out, Kailuk, tell them to use what they can as weapons. Rocks, chains, anything. Here come the guards. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!